Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We'll share some of our experience as counselors, business owners, and most important of all, as everyday people. Hi, and welcome to Shrink Think. This is our podcast that explores the human experience from two therapists' perspective. We use a little humor and a lot of compassion to help you understand yourself and learn new ways of being. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to our episode today. In previous episodes, we talked about the fear triangle, and within that, there was a lot of reference to shame. And after talking with many people, we realized we probably should break that down a little bit. And so we want to take an episode today to talk about shame. Specifically, we want to talk about what shame is and why we experience it. We want to touch on this idea of how it isolates us or keeps us separate from other people. And then also, for a lot of us, when we have a sense of shame, it keeps us stuck. We might even find ourselves coping or doing certain behaviors that keep us in this cycle that actually can make things worse. And so we want to talk about what that is and why that happens. And then we also want you to be able to learn the difference between embarrassment, guilt, and shame. And then we also want you to learn about why understanding these differences is crucial to being able to discern what's actually happening, who you actually are, so that you can walk out of shame and live a different life that's not based on shame. So let's go ahead and get started. Nathan, talk to us a little bit about getting started here. What is shame? Yeah, I think the biggest thing to understand about shame, it's one of those words that's been kind of used in the whole clinical setting, like over and over. And there's a lot of stuff that's been written about it. I think there's a lot of stuff that's been written about it because it is the basic thing that every human being experiences, but there are differences between guilt and between feeling embarrassed. And there's also a lot of similarities. I guess, you know, for myself, I've never really said ever like, wow, I'm ashamed by whatever. I might say that I'm embarrassed or I feel guilty but oftentimes I'm using those words the same way that I would use the word shame. One of the things, though, that is different about shame and very distinctive is that it's talking about your entire personhood, all of who you are in one statement. So maybe just for starters, can you think of a situation, whether it's for yourself or maybe just construct a situation that uh, maybe a client has told you about, or you can just think of one randomly here that might have happened where you or somebody else that you know might experience and say, okay, in this situation, man, I feel where I felt totally ashamed. It's interesting. I've heard people say that and like, oh yeah, I just felt so much shame. And that's not really like the first go-to feeling or awareness that I have. So I just kind of want to break that down to see if we can recognize what's the situation and then what's the feeling that we might be going through that we would call shame. So one thing I would do is I'd say, first, let's like think back to that fear triangle, right? The position of victim that we talked about really is where that shame kind of actually doesn't, it takes root, but it exposes itself more for what it is. 
So back to what victims have a tendency to do is they'll say like, you know what, that's it. I am abandonable. I'm, I am totally unacceptable. And they kind of own that feeling. Shame is this is the same. So if you can imagine a situation where you tell your spouse like, oh, I'm going to pick up the kids at four o'clock. And your spouse, let's say, is everybody's different about time frames. Your spouse is 402 is late and unacceptable. And um, really five minutes, five minutes early is on time. And for whatever reason, you show up at, at 410. Your kids are going to talk to the other spouse about that and go like, yeah, well, they picked me up at 410 and I was worried they were kind of late. And uh, all of a sudden, that feeling that you get in your gut that drops down and you kind of get maybe even a little kind of worried, anxious, depending on how big of a reaction it can be, you can actually feel a little numbed out, tingly in your hands, your, your gut can drop down. All that is all shame related. And then the, the um, reality of feeling exposed and feeling looked at and judged. Um, and so what we do oftentimes when we have that happen is we'll automatically make the statement to ourselves like, wow, I am, I am not acceptable. You know, I'm totally now my spouse um, hates me for doing that. Like I did something wrong and now they're not going to love me anymore is kind of the, that's the big boy. Yeah. As you're saying that out, maybe I'll give a different kind of a flavor to that. Um, some, just some maybe thoughts that are going through my mind as I am imagining this experience. I, let's say I'm the one picking up the kids and I realize that I maybe mismanaged my time or I got involved in a work project and just lost track of time, or I just underestimated how long it's going to take because there's traffic or whatever to pick up the kids. And so I'm, I'm on my way and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, you know, my spouse is going to kill me. Like, oh, I, I said I was going to be there on time. Maybe this is even a pattern where I've been late before. And I said, okay, I'm going to work on it. And like, this is maybe even the very first next time where I, I, I said, okay, I'm going to do better. And then I just didn't, I'm beating myself up already in the car driving over there. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Oh, I'm such an idiot. How could I have forgotten? Like, oh, I just, I always do this. Or uh, why can't I get it together? Like I said this and then I just can't even follow through. Like, oh, I just always do this. What's wrong with me? Like those might be some of the negative shaming thoughts that I might have. And then even, you know, as you're talking about um, returning home and having that conversation, I'm dreading and I'm thinking like, oh no, like I don't even want to face this. I want to avoid it. I don't want to say anything. Or maybe I want to head it off at the pass and I want to say, I know what you're going to say. And like, and I, I, it's totally my fault and I'm really sorry. I feel awful about it. I don't know what was, what was going on. Like, it's kind of like a, I don't want to receive the brunt of whatever you're, you're going to give me because I know I already feel really, really bad and awful about it myself. Is that, is that kind of what you're talking about? Would that all be shame? Yes, I, I agree. I would say at the end, of your, in the last part of your example, depending on where you went with that, um, you could, that could be either shame or it could be guilt, which is why it's important to know the differences. The feeling that we get is when that rushes over our body is very similar to what embarrassment would be. It's actually the same thing up front. You walk out and you think you're um, alone. I'm thinking of like college experiences, maybe in dorm life. And you think you've timed your shower just right to just run to your room. And some person's out there looking at you and you're like that feeling of, like, you know, <laughs> fear. That's embarrassment. That doesn't necessarily lead itself to shame, though, even though the feeling is is darn near identical. 
Yeah, I was thinking, actually, I've got an example here. I was on a video call for some presenters at this conference, and I I think I had heard the name wrong of who was presenting on this one subject. Um, and I was I was thinking, oh, it's the same name. It's a different person, but it's the same name as the person who presented last year. And so here we are, we're sort of all together. And I make a comment like, oh, yeah, it's the same name as the other person from last year. And it's like dead silence. And I'm like, okay, what's that all about? And then I thought about it later on and I was like, oh man, I got this person's name wrong. And so it absolutely was not the same name as the person from last year, (laughs) but nobody said anything. And, and really it was just, I mean, the feeling was just, oh, okay. I got that name wrong. That's, that's kind of embarrassing, but it seemed like it was a more of a higher level. Like it didn't go down as deep. I mean, obviously there's still like, you know, uncomfortable feelings. It's kind of like the, don't look at me, you know, (laughs) sort of feeling. Um, but obviously I'm laughing about it because it just, it doesn't go as deep. Whereas I think the other situation that we're describing of like, I know that I've done something wrong means that there's some feeling of guilt. I've got some culpability or some responsibility that for my actions that I didn't do well with. And so I think that's the biggest difference maybe that we're talking about, um, besides the whole identity piece of, you know, I did something wrong, you know, obviously in forgetting somebody's name or getting that wrong is, yeah, I messed up there. I've got some responsibility there. But the shame piece, and this is what differentiates it, I think, from the embarrassment is that I did something wrong and therefore I'm a terrible person. It, it reminds me of Chris Farley, <laughs> how I don't know if any of you remember who Chris Farley is, but he would have these uh, these moments where he would, I think he was in what, maybe in like in Tommy Boy or something where he was trying to describe something that he had done and like, oh, I just was, didn't mean to be like, oh, I'm an idiot. Um, at the very end, he just sort of concludes he's a bad person because he did this thing. And I think that's kind of the, a good example of the difference between shame and guilt. Yeah. So basically what it comes down to is the conclusion that you have. So embarrassment is the is, is the feeling and that feeling is very similar to a feeling of shame. But the conclusion that you draw, so like that would be a guilt-based or a shame-based conclusion, is really what kind of differentiates it. So if the conclusion you draw after feeling embarrassed is you're a horrible person, then you have just shamed yourself. If the conclusion you draw after you feel embarrassed is, wow, you know, that, that stinks, like probably should not have tried to make that run, that was a bad move, then that's guilt. You can move on. And so in that way, shame is more like this leech that holds on to your entire personhood, all of who you are, that kind of regularly reminds you like, you actually are a horrible person. Here's one more example of your crappy self. And guilt is more like, oh, you did that. So now that we have kind of an understanding maybe of what's going on, what that feels like inside, hopefully you as listeners can relate to some of that and say, okay, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going through and that's what's happening. Um, let's move on to the next part of it, which is what is it that we do or how is it that we cope in such a way that keeps us isolated or separate from other people. And also we talked about feeling stuck or even like doing something that makes things worse. What are some of those actions or reactions to feeling shame or because of shame that we do that cause us to feel stuck? Again, back to that fear triangle, I think of um, a client that I had a bunch of years ago, basically 
a marriage type of scenario. And this particular person had a, had a pretty significant fear of abandonment. And so, in other words, he was coming from the place of like, I'm, I'm going to be abandoned. Um, and how he responded to that from a persecutor standpoint was to be very controlling. And so the more that he squeezed and tried to control because he was a bad person that was worthy of being left, the more that he ended up um, isolating himself because his spouse started pulling away and pulling away and pulling away. And all that that did for him was tell him like, yep, I knew it. This is exactly what I thought. She's going to leave me. Well, she was trying to get space to just be herself. Um, and he was scared that if she were to do that, he would lose her forever because obviously um, people leave him and that was inevitable. You mentioned Aaron about isolation. There is this component where at first glance in my story just now, it's, it's not like directly isolating. It's kind of indirect, but it ends up causing the same thing. I mean, ultimately, a marriage ended in isolation. Yeah, I think as I'm hearing that, there is a, a piece of this, I guess that I would describe that shame maybe wants to keep us in the dark, where in fact, it wants us to be in the dark. It doesn't want us to be known. It doesn't want us to be revealed or exposed. And that's really ultimately what makes us feel awful is, um, is that hiding. So in terms of actions or things that we do that are reactive, I've seen people, and even myself, push other people away. You know, we, f- we feel bad about something. We don't want somebody close because we feel, and, and this isn't a fully conscious thing necessarily, but we feel like, oh no, I've done this, or this has been exposed. You see it. You see me now. And so I'm ultimately going to be unlovable or unacceptable. And so as a result, I just kind of want to turn away from you. I want to push you away, whether it's through shutting down a conversation, saying something mean, rude, hurtful, or maybe it's just altogether disconnecting from the conversation or the relationship right now altogether. Are there any any other actions or anything you want to add to that? Think of it this way. If you're in a situation with a, in only with a spouse and you're like, let's say there's a conversation that kind of needs to be had. The feeling that you have to not have that conversation is how this isolation stuff works because you don't want to have it. And it could be for one of two reasons or maybe more. But um, one is that you don't want to have the conversation because ultimately you're just going to feel like you're a bad person. They seem to always turn around something on you or B maybe they're going to, they're going to own it. They're going to say like, you just think I'm a horrible person. That's why you're saying this. And you're like sitting there going, man, this is why we can never get through a conversation. I'm not saying that at all. But in both those ways, that separation occurs in relationship because of the shame that's happening in the relationship itself. So let's say that we can identify that we do some of our own work and we can recognize, okay, there was something that I've done and I feel bad about that. I don't want to go to shame. I don't want to say that I'm a bad person and I'm, I'm going to try to challenge that. What's maybe the first step that someone would need to take in order to recognize what's really going on? You know, I'm, I'm admitting that I've done something wrong, but I don't want to go into shame. What's the very first step? The very first step is to probably if in relationship, this has been a big thing. You probably would want to share that with your spouse share the conclusion you've realized. And and let's say, like, I want to just broaden this, not just with your spouse, but I know that's the example we gave, but just in general, if we're just talking to a friend or a coworker, a boss, just anybody. You would just want to let 
the news and the information that you learned about yourself, you want to let that out a little bit. The reason why is because you're going to be different and you're going to need to create a way for you to be able to be different. Uh, that's a bit easier. For example, you have a tendency to believe certain wrong things about yourself. Um, what you might end up saying is you might, well, because what they'll say is they'll say, well, Nate, the person says like, I can't believe you did that. You're, what kind of person are you? And what I say is, okay, well, just pretend they're like giving out invitation or Hallmark cards. Like, here's your card of like, believe you're a pile of crap right now. You don't have to believe that. You can read the card and you can throw it away. Or you can look at the card and say, are you intending for me to believe this right now? And just expose it right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Actually, I've seen this on Instagram here and there. Somebody is like, you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. It's like that same thing when you said it's like an invitation to a party. You're like, no, I don't think I want to go to that party. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's a good one. Yeah. Can you come to the party where we all tell you that you're a pile of crap? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, Nate, why are you just talking about poop? Well, welcome to the jungle. I have no idea why. <laughs> so I can just hear people right now. But it's like, you're going to have to sound different, right? Because it probably wouldn't sound like you to say like, um, are you asking me right now to feel this way? Because it seems like you're coming on pretty strong here. And it will probably throw the other person off. And so if you have already talked to them about this difference that you're going to make, you're going to try to respond to things differently because you realize that you've taken more things personally than they intended. That can be helpful. Then you could highlight, well, remember that thing we talked about? Yeah, that's what I'm trying right here because I don't want to own this, especially when you don't even want me to. Okay, so we've got this situation, just going to kind of try to summarize as we go here. We've got a situation where you've done something or maybe somebody's made you feel badly about something and you've recognized that you're taking this personally. I like that, that phrase that you used. I'm taking it personally, but I don't want to take it personally. And so I recognize that I am and I say, okay, instead of saying I am this person or uh, I am so bad because of whatever has happened. Instead, maybe I start recognizing that something happened or I did this behavior and that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Maybe putting it in context, I can understand how, as I look at it more objectively, maybe if I did mismanage my time, then that's all that happened. I mismanaged my time or I forgot or I just didn't prioritize it. That doesn't have to equal I'm a bad person or I'm a pile of crap. Is that maybe another next step here? Yeah. What I often use as an example is there's a difference between the statement, you are a liar versus you lied to me. And I think that's pretty obvious. And the idea is, is what you would do is start to hear your own thoughts differently. So when you start thinking, man, I always do this. I'm just, you would stop yourself and you'd be like, okay, like Aaron, like you were just saying. You would look at it more like, okay, well, I, I did mismanage my time. And that's taking responsibility for your action, realizing that you're not going to take this all the way personally that you're a bad person, but, it, but you do need to accept the guilt that that just happened. And so um, I think moving forward, it's about re-understanding what your behavior is. Yeah, I love that because it really liberates. I think when you start saying I am something or you if you're saying to somebody else, you are something, there's really nowhere to go from there. You are absolutely pigeonholed as that thing. There's nothing you can do about it. You just are that thing. Right. If I'm saying, Nathan, you are a man. Well, there it is. There's nothing I can do about that. 
But if I describe, you know, what you've done, like, hey, you keep forgetting that we have this appointment and you keep missing it. There's something that you need to do or change about how you think about it, how you schedule, how you plan, how you organize, whatever, in order to get your behavior in line with, you know, what you've committed to me, for example. So I like that. It's liberating in the sense that it opens up possibilities for change. But it also opens up, I think, a lot of curiosity because as soon as I am liberated from I am a liar to I am lying, I can start to ask questions like, well, why? Why? Why is that happening? Why am I doing that? Why did I forget? Why could I not face the truth or why can I not own the truth or why, you know, whatever those 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 questions might be. But those why questions can help you to dig down into hey, maybe it's just really uncomfortable and I don't know how to deal with that. Maybe I'm afraid of rejection. Maybe I'm afraid that if I admit what's really going on, you're not going to accept me. But that's really liberating and empowering also. So it's freeing, but it's also gives me a lot of power because if I can say that, then I can do something about it. I can say, hey, you know what? I want to tell you the truth more often, but I'm really afraid that you're not going to like me. I'm really afraid that if I tell you the truth, you're not going to like it. And you're not going to want to be my friend or you're not going to accept me in some way. And we can start to have a more honest conversation about what's really happening. What, what's happening here, like in the, uh, I think what we're really talking about is that, is that freedom, that openness and the ability, basically creating the space and ability for you to change. Shame is isolating, but it's also torturous and that is very condemning to all of who you are. So realizing that you can change is huge. And you, you can do this as just one, maybe last, as we close up here, practical thing to try. If somebody does make a statement like you are blah, 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 or whatever, I would ch- encourage you to say, um, I am also um, working on, in all irony, what you just said, I'm actually concerned about that. I know it's frustrating to you. It's frustrating to me. And I'm, I'm working on it. And these are even more frustrating because I know I just did it again. Yeah, just to piggyback on that as, as I close up here, and then I'm going to give us a little summary of what we've talked about for you to, to take home, is when somebody says you are, or even if you're talking about yourself, I am this, try to challenge that into looking at it more from like a behavioral standpoint. Like I have a tendency to, or it has been my pattern to, or it's been my habit to do this, or I'm working on changing that. So to put it in a more, more of a temporal uh, or I should say a temporary phrase like that, as opposed to something that's more permanent and like character driven. So that if this is something about you that you're working on, then you can still retain your personhood, but describe it in such a way that you're saying, but here's what I'm doing about it. And so that kind of maintains a little bit of what we call emotional distance from something so that it's not quite so personal, personal to me. But that also gives us some power over it that we can manipulate it and do something about it. We can change our behaviors about it. So just to summarize here, we've talked about shame. We're going to talk about forgiveness as, as maybe an antidote to shame or as something that we can do about shame in specific uh, situations. But for today, we've talked about shame in terms of how, what it looks like and how it feels, maybe how it sounds like in our thoughts, how it isolates us and keeps us stuck or even makes things worse in our behaviors. And then we also talked about the difference between embarrassment and guilt and shame. And hopefully you've got an understanding about why understanding these differences is critical 
to being able to unpack what's really going on in the situation so that you can be free and empowered to make those changes. Yeah, we really hope this is helpful. Those definitions have been certainly helpful for us as we've gone through our growth process as therapists, and our clients seem to be pretty responsive. So take this for what it is and stop taking things personally. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.